This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, Episode 553, Why Difficult Part 3 Questions Are a Good Sign. You are listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. We believe in connection, not perfection, and we're here to show you how to get the score that you need on your next IELTS exam. Find out why our strategies are the most powerful in the IELTS world and get your free video masterclass at allearsenglish.com forward slash I-N-S-I-D-E-R. Now, let's get to the show. Today you'll learn how the examiner chooses your questions in part three and why getting really tough ones means you've already performed at a high level. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Jessica, what is happening on the West Coast? Oh, what's happening? It's sunny, but it's still freezing. So I have like, it's sunglasses and gloves weather. Let's describe it like that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sunglasses and gloves. Not so bad. Not so bad. It's not so bad. No, it could be worse. What about on the East Coast? Well, as I look out my window right now, to be honest, it's gloomy and gray and a little rainy. (laughs) But but I do feel really hopeful about spring. I've been like smelling spring in the air. We just had Easter. We did a little Easter egg hunt with my niece on Sunday. That was super fun. fun. (gasps) And, you know, she had her like Easter dress on. It's like I can feel spring is coming. So it's good. Totally. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Was she super excited to like find all the eggs and stuff? Oh, my God. She's so excited about the Easter bunny. She like talked about the Easter bunny all day. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. (laughs) I love magic. I love just that kids can believe in magic. I love it. And it's real for them. Like, I want this phase for James to last as long as possible. It's so cool. (laughs) It's so cool. (laughs) Oh, it's the best. Um, Okay, so we we were written to by a student who um, definitely is not in our course. I think this would be cleared up if he were in our course because we tell you exactly what happens on the exam, exactly what the examiners do and say at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a really good case, guys, of having one – tidbit of truth and then it's spun out on an IELTS forum or an IELTS website and it becomes like some weird um, IELTS myth. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we see this a lot. I mean, this is a danger of just trying to prepare by yourself by bouncing yeah. around between forums and blogs and free, free, free plans, that kind of thing. It's a danger. And that's why when you get into our course, it's so easy because you can forget about all of that. 
Exactly. You know? And we hope that you do. Yeah. Because having conflicting advice like this, it doesn't help anyone. I mean, that's what you're doing now, right? Is getting mm-hmm. conflicting advice from all these different sources. And then you have no idea who to trust. But guys, mm-hmm. look at the scores that our students get. You can trust the system. And just stay in it. Just stay yeah. in the, in with us. We have all yeah, the answers. <laughs> totally. So should I read out the question and then we'll kind of debunk the myth and take what's true? Totally. And Okay. All right. So here we go. So here's the question. I've been hearing on some sites preaching to know all about IELTS that the examiners don't give a score for part three. We're talking about speaking. Here is a quote from one such site. In the IELTS speaking test, the examiner will judge your speaking ability from parts one and two. And then when you get to part three, he will make the questions more or less difficult. So although there are no points awarded in part three of the speaking test, it is important. (laughs) I think a lot of candidates are confused about this. So please shed some light. Thanks. Oh my God, that is so confusing. Guys, Uh, what? what? Why would you not be scored on part three? Why even bother? Okay, so no, let's just... (laughs) First of all, okay, I understand where this myth is coming from. Okay, so what happens in part three, guys? Um, The examiner will have like three different groups of questions to to choose from um, in with increasing levels of difficulty, right? Mm -hmm. So the first group of part three questions are kind of easy. Second group, intermediate. Third group, really hard. Mm. Um, So based on your performance in part one and part two, in the examiner's mind, she or he is thinking like, okay, I think they're around a six. I think they're around a seven, Mm. right? You're not judged part by part. The examiner isn't writing anything down and assigning points at every part. No, the Mm. examiner only thinks about your score at the end of the entire speaking test. Mm. So you are scored about everything. It's an average of all the parts. Mm. But think about it, guys. Part three is your last chance to prove what score you deserve. So part three is really important. So like, so how the examiner chooses to ask you which questions in part three, right? She or he will start with like one or two of the sort of easier questions. And then if they think you're a seven or higher, they have to be, they have to make you prove it. So they're going to ask you harder questions. Mm. However, if they think you're probably around a six, right, or lower, they're going to stick with the easy ones. So that's the truth of the matter. And that's where this comes from. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. So how can we use this information? I mean, what does this mean for our preparation and for our understanding of the exam as students? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so definitely know what the how to accomplish your score for each part. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. what is expected in part one, part two, part three? They're different. You're graded on the same things though. You're graded on fluency and coherence, grammar, mm-hmm. vocabulary, and pronunciation. Mm-hmm. So you need to know, guys, what the examiner needs to hear in each part 
to satisfy mm-hmm. high requirements because it's different. The questions are different. So in our course, that's why we divide it part by part, right? There's a whole lecture and lesson and practice about part one and then part two and then part three because they're different. So yeah. like, for example, you need to know that part one and part two are more informal, easygoing questions. And you have to reflect that in your tone, in the vocabulary you choose, and in your pronunciation. Mm-hmm. You're going to be more more expressive. You're going to use more adjectives and adverbs in part one and part two. Mm-hmm. But then part three, um, you're probably going to be a little more serious in your intonation, mm-hmm. right? Probably speak a little bit more slowly because that's natural when you're talking about serious stuff that you have to think about. And also you're going to use high level linking words and high level vocab. So just knowing you have to know what is expected and you have to You have to have someone to ask that you could trust. I mean, if this person were in our course, then, well, first of all, they wouldn't have asked this because they would know, but they Mm -hmm. could have come to me in the closed Facebook group and gotten the answer right away. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's just important that we understand exactly what the examiner is looking for and then that we're very present. We want to be very present for each part of the test because we don't know, you know, know, our performance, as you said, in speaking parts one and two is going to determine how difficult that next question is but you're not answering the question three for speaking part three during question one. You're answering question speaking part (laughs) one. So just stay present there, right? You don't know exactly what's coming, but we want to earn that harder question by doing a better job in one and two. Yeah. And knowing that this is the case will keep you from getting flustered if you do get really hard questions in part three. Because like if you get a really hard question, then you know, now you know Mm, (laughs) that like, oh, this means the examiner is um, thinking of a really high score for me. And that should give you like a boost of confidence at that point, not like a like a scary feeling. Yeah, that's a really important. I feel like that's the takeaway for today. It's like, you know, a hard question in speaking part part three is not panic time. It doesn't, it right. means you're actually, you've done a great job up until now. And so now let's right. put our shoulders back. Let's stand up, sit up straight and let's, you know, go into it with this confidence because this examiner thinks that we might be a seven or higher student. So let's be a seven or higher student in part, in exactly. part three. Yeah. I think, I think the way to handle that guys would be like, at that point, if you know, the examiner's thinking of a high score for you, I think you could kind of relax a little bit. I think you should approach it even more personally, like, Mm. because the question's going to be really hard and the examiner Mm. knows that these are like impossible things to answer. So Mm. I think it would be perfectly appropriate um, if the examiner asks you something really hard, like what was a student, Mm. a student told me about a question he had, like, how does the past affect personal identity? Like, (laughs) what? What is that asking? So just be honest about it. I would laugh. I would be like, oh oh my God, (laughs) I would never think about this. Um, Let me think, right? And just sort of use it to, to, uh, show your fluency mm-hmm. by handling these tough questions. Oh, yeah. And that would really like drive home that seven or higher. You know, you're exactly. using the kind of colloquial phrases that they want to hear that the examiner is not hearing from other students. I love that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And just show that you can handle it, that you can say something. And remember, we talked about this last week, like the first idea that comes to mind. It's true in writing. It's true in speaking. You have to say the first thing you think of, no matter if it's from a movie or your personal experience when you were 10 years old. Whatever comes to mind, that's what you talk about. 
All right. I love it. Really good advice. (laughs) This is really interesting. We've never addressed exactly this question before. Yeah. And I think it's good. I think that's the takeaway for today. I mean, your performance in parts one and two will determine how hard the question is in three, but don't panic because it seems like a hard question. That might be a good sign. Exactly, exactly. Welcome it with Oprah, open arms. And ooh, here's a good word. A plum. A plum. A oh. plum. A plum. <laughs> That's a new word for me. <laughs> How do you spell A P L O M B? Come back to the blog, guys. This is episode 552. No, this is episode 553. Come back to the blog post, guys. I will explain what that word means. <laughs> and spell it correctly in the post because awesome. it's really good. Awesome. And <laughs> and remember, guys, for this student, the student would never have had a question like this if he had been in our course because he would have known the answer. Right. And exactly. <clears throat> that's the beauty of being in the course. You don't have to jump around and follow rumors and myths that take exactly, you in the guys. wrong direction, right? So, yeah, exactly. So don't don't keep searching. Don't come across information like this that could ruin your score if you yeah. think part three doesn't matter. That is so oh, weird. Oh, my gosh. Just... Get into the system that works, guys. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash K-E-Y-S. All right. Awesome. We'll see you back on the show tomorrow, Jessica. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Happy spring. Yeah. Happy (laughs) spring. Happy April. (laughs) All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. And if you want to get tips from Lindsay and Jessica every week on how to get a seven on your next IELTS exam, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your computer or on your smartphone. Thanks again and see you soon.